0: The air is so hot, I feel like I'm wearing it. I've been walking since day 10 after my bilateral mastectomy, and today marks four weeks since that time. It's been a time of healing, and I've built up a lot of steps. I mean, miles, really. And I finally made the plunge to walk a trail. I'm at Lebanon Hills. It's an island paradise of forest and prairie, surrounded by suburban traffic and sprawl, preserved only because it's far too glacially carved up to have ever been much use as developed land. And it feels so right and familiar to walk here on uneven terrain, even far from home. There's an especially added difficulty in that I've been dropped off here. So I have to trust that my body will handle this much time away, Without a bed close at hand. You're listening to Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle aged, titanium reinforced, cancer thriver, and long distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker. This podcast is a series of personal essays I call audio narratives. They couple storytelling, found sound, and my own flute playing, and I explore a journey of self-discovery where I share the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment. We're badass people, and we don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. If you enjoy these podcasts, you can support them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or just go to blissfulhikerpodcast.com. The paths here circle kettles, depressions created when a block of ice breaks free from a retreating glacier and becomes buried under sediment. When the ice finally melts away, a lake is formed. The hills of Lebanon Hills have nothing on Maine, where I was recently walking on the Appalachian Trail. But it's a striking environment, steep and narrow as a catwalk here, winding through thickly verdant forest. My aim in coming is partly for the exercise, but more for the company. It might be the dog days of summer, but birds feel none of that enervation, and they sing brazenly from high up in the canopy. I hear the cheeky whistle of an eastern wood peewee, seemingly singing its own name. And he's answered by the high-pitched whistle laugh of the eastern toe I look hard, squinting my eyes, but never see either of them. Just flashes of flight from above. I'm spurred on by a crick forming in my neck, and just as I look down, I catch a leopard frog leaping across the trail. Hey, you! That was about four feet. He replies by hopping another four feet into deep grass and then pauses so I can get a good look at his handsome spots and bulging eyes. I wonder what those moist black monoculars think of me. Small fields open up filled with flowers, black-eyed yellow Rebecca, showy pink jopie weed, and a bride's bouquet of white oval leaf milkweed. Monarchs, moths, honey and bumblebees lazily float from one bloom to the next. Near the water, cattails thick as bratwurst sway as a goldfinch alights, tweeting and trilling from his tightly held perch. I use my walking sticks, and for the first time, I wear a backpack. I mean, don't worry, there's only a drink and a towel inside— Thankfully, the straps don't come into contact with anything in the surgery zone. When I saw my doctor yesterday, she said it's time to start practicing carrying things. I'm really, really swollen. My right side is flat to the bone, as if someone took out an enormous eraser and removed any memory of a breast. But my left looks like a poorly implanted peck on a bodybuilder. It's bulging and hard with clotted blood. The doctor stuck in a syringe to see if she might pull some of the thickness out, but not a chance. All she could do was assure me the body would eventually absorb it. A cricket lands near my shoe, brown as the sandy trail. I move ever so slightly, and up he goes, flying into the air on frothy, fringed wings, then landing in a bush, camouflaged all over again. Yesterday was a bit of a turning point. Before seeing my doctor, we needed to drive south, away from the city where suburbs give way to farms, rolling forest to flat as my new chest prairie. I had an appointment at the Mayo Clinic to see a genetic counselor, to determine which test I would take to discover if I had any other cancer risks. Above me on the trail is a lively song, cheerful, coloratura, and clean. It's an indigo bunting, less indigo and more of a dusty cornflower. He streaks through the air, a blue blur before landing in low shrubs. Buntings love to sing, and he certainly won't go quiet on account of me. It's only a few seconds before he begins again, and my gasp at the beauty of his musical gifts flushes him out to fly right past me, showing off his agility as if riding waves. The bunting's flown deeper into the forest, and I walk on kicking up dust as I move from shadow to sunlight. Just then, a red-spotted purple butterfly flutters my way. His blue comes in four shades, brightening as they meet the edge of his wing. He lands on my shoe for just a moment, giving me only enough time to take a mental picture before he flutters away. As I improve each day and begin dipping a toe back into life, I think about just how did I manage to get through this, well, (laughs) adventure. Typing adventure as opposed to the more popular journey must indicate to you that the lexicon of cancer and our cultural scripts simply don't resonate with me. They put forth narrow expectations to be courageous and not to whine, to be strong and not exhibit terror, to be aggressive, and never feel ambivalence. I'll tell you what, I simply cannot abide. Take the word survivor. I tried it on for size, but it didn't fit. A bilateral mastectomy is gross, it's disfiguring, it's an amputation— Sure, I survived by managing the pain, the panic, those awful drains, getting so little sleep and dealing with being maimed, but I didn't carry on with a stiff upper lip. I toggled between a wall-punching profanicator and a puddle of sobs, an exploding ordinance of equal parts rage and sorrow. Of course, in between, there were more serene and joyful moments, plus some sick humor, I knew in my gut that no amount of positive mental attitude or arms raised in the air courage was going to pull me through. What got me to lay down on the gurney and let them cut me up was ornery stubbornness. Illness teaches us that it's dangerous to be alive, and maybe more specifically, to be a woman born with breasts. In life, you're going to get hurt, you'll fail. You'll experience loss. You'll get sick, you'll decline, and oh my God, I hate talking about this, but you'll eventually die. I've been warned that as my body heals, my emotional world will take time to catch up. These past three months have been traumatic and destabilizing. Being sick has caused me to lose my way, to lose the map that previously guided my life. Yesterday, I went to an outdoor club meeting. And I felt so disconnected and exhausted, I came home in tears. Richard consoled me by pointing out a quirk in my personality. He told me that no matter what's happened in my life, I somehow keep going. I move forward and do the next thing that needs to be done. I constantly reinvent myself. To be honest, I have no idea where that impulse comes from, but he's right. Pushing through with a healthy dose of ornery stubbornness is one of my superpowers, even if I kick and scream the whole way. I'm not perfect. Ha! Surprise! But oddly, I'm often smiling. That's not because I'm better for having had cancer. It's because I accept it. Acceptance is such a quiet and internal task one that's extremely hard because it requires us to embrace each dimension of the lived experience, to feel it fully and incorporate all of it into what constitutes who we are. And I guess that's why the word survivor doesn't work for me. It stops the conversation and avoids the reality of the naked and vulnerable internal struggle. It's a struggle of confusion and heartbreak, and it wraps itself within what can oftentimes be breathtaking beauty and healing and returning to wholeness. Or even falling down laughter at how ridiculous being alive can sometimes be. I don't want to survive and rise above my wounds. I want to travel with them. Those 10-inch scars are part of me now. And in the end, that's the risk we take. By becoming real... We accept that maybe one day we'll have 10-inch scars on our chests or that we'll lose part of our life due to managing illness or worry about cancer returning and spreading throughout our vulnerable bodies. But, you know, it's the price we pay in being human to feel both ecstasy and grief, to feel love. Maybe a better word than cancer thriver Is cancer aliver? (laughs) Because in spite of this ordeal, I keep moving forward in search of a pathway that leads maybe not to peace or happiness, but to what's next, to how the story unfolds and to how I might reinvent myself by being open to life as it is. Blissful Hiker Podcast is on all podcast platforms, and thanks so much for listening and coming along with me on this mm, adventure. (laughs) I'd love to know where you're listening from. You can drop me a line anytime at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. And also at the website, you can listen to more episodes of the podcast, see pictures of the trails I've walked, and read more, blissfulhikerpodcast.com. I don't know if I've mentioned that I've walked around 12,000 miles on six continents, so there's some really good trails there. Check it out, blissfulhikerpodcast.com. Next week, the trail continues, and life is good. It's full of possibility, and I'm getting ready to get back on a real trail. Until next week, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails.